Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. I'm, of course, Tom, and Neil is somewhere. Neil? Hey. It's Future kind of, during audience. Kind of early today, huh? Might be the earliest one we've done good. in a while. But it's the good news is it's early, but it's already dark. So that's okay. Yeah, it is. It's fucking dark um, as fuck. So, yes. So last episode, I'm pretty sure I never I never said the email, which is stupid. So Punk Till I Die 77 at Gmail. Or, of course, you can find us at Punk Till I Die uh, podcast on Facebook. Indeed. The evil, censorous bastards at Facebook. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Neil, we love to talk to newer bands, right? Find out the newer bands in the scene because we're old geezers and it's hard to keep track of new bands. But what I love more than anything is we get to catch up with a, a band that's been around for a very long time. Indeed. And you've been looking forward to this one for a while. I have. I have been looking forward to this. Yeah. So today today we have one of the one of the really old school southern punk rock bands. Now, granted, the South was not exactly a hotbed for punk rock other than Texas. But uh, he's been at it for 40, at least 40 years, I think around 40 years in, in anti-scene. We have with us today Jeff Clayton, singer for anti-scene. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great, guys. Good to be here. It's good to have you. So... When when Neil, um, I'm going to test your sense of humor right off the bat, Jeff, if you don't mind, because I think you okay. got a pretty good sense of humor. Oh, anybody who hits themselves in the head with a microphone the, as hard as he does has got to have a good sense of humor. Got to so, have some kind of sense of humor. <laughs> well, I, I've seen you guys a few times over the years, but Neil had never seen a picture of you, and he mm. looked he looked you up, and of course, the first picture he finds is like your head's all bloody. Yeah, he looked like fucking Cactus Jack. That's what I was thinking. When I first saw you, I was like, he looks like an older Cactus Jack right there. Well, but that's not what you said, Neil. What you said was he looks like a homeless maniac. Jeff, you feel that's a fair (laughs) depiction? Yeah, sorry about that. I was hoping you'd laugh. Man, uh, I want to tell you something. When when I go out of the house looking like a homeless maniac, my wife will say... uh, Get back in here. You're going out looking like no one at home cares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do any of your so, shirts yeah. have sleeves, or do you just would you just take them off right when you buy no, them? No, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you, the way you can tell if I wore your band shirt, if it still got sleeves in it, I never wore it. Ah. <laughs> that's, ah, that's a good test if right I get there. A shirt, if I get a shirt and I'm going to wear it, them sleeves come out immediately. There you go. Comfort, right? Yeah. And it's hot yeah. down there. So Yeah, it stays hot. So tell me something. So you guys are from Charlotte. You started out now officially. Any scene started in '83. I don't know if I think at least according to Wikipedia. What was the mm-hmm. uh, what was the scene like down there in '83? Were there any other bands happening, or were you guys kind of an island under yourselves? Well, man, we okay. I got to go back a, a couple years. Uh, all of us in the original group, you know, mainly me and Joe Young, yep. who who were the steadfast ones. You know, all the way up until Joe passed away in 14. Yeah. We were small town guys, man. Like, I I don't even know if you can fathom how small a town we are. We were. But. uh, So Charlotte was your scene, but you guys lived out in the sticks somewhere. Well, man, we didn't know what a scene was. (laughs) We we just like. I'd, I'd read about, you know, of course, we, we, we learned about the Sex Pistols. We learned about the Clash and, and the Ramones and, you know, all the bands under their umbrella. But, you know, through rock magazines and uh, and and to be perfectly honest with you, the Columbia House Record Club. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom loved that, yeah, too, oh, didn't no, you, yeah, Tom? Dude. Me, too, dude. In, in yeah. rural Wisconsin, I was the same way, man. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he had to had the stuff brought in because you sure as heck couldn't go down to the music mart and find uh, give them <laughs> yeah. enough rope. You know, it, it wasn't sure. gonna happen. And um, so we knew about all that, and then we start reading. You know, you, uh, I don't know how it all happened, but we started getting fanzines like Flipside, Maximum Rock and Roll, mm-hmm. on, yeah, yeah. and you start reading about these bands, and you start reading about Black Flag. You know, and then you find out at some point that Black Flag is not just staying in Los Angeles, man. They're, they're taking it everywhere. And word got around that Black Flag is coming to Charlotte. And we're just like, well, if Black Flag comes to Charlotte or anywhere near us, we're going to be there. You know, just like me and a couple of friends, you know, we we found out about it. We found out they were playing the Milestone. This was 1981. 81, wow, okay. Mm. Yeah, and, man, you know, it's hard to imagine things back then now as easy as things are, like a GPS and all that. But we all we had was an address. Yeah. And we tried to find, and the, the milestone is in one of the roughest areas in Charlotte. And back then, it was even rougher. And we're just looking around like, man, uh, I don't, I don't know if going to see Black Flag is worth dying over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we went, and you know, this is Black Flag on the Damage tour, Henry's first tour with them. Cool. They were five piece, and when it was over we had reached a conclusion that it would have been worth dying for to see that show because mm. it was, it blew our minds, you know? And, um, so then I was faced with the decision in 82. All right. So what do you want to do? Go work in a mill or do you want to do something, uh, semi-creative, you know? And my, my parents offered to put me through community college. If, uh, well, actually it wasn't community college. Yeah, it was. Uh, community college if if I wanted to do advertising design and stuff. So I'm just like, eh, go to the cotton mill, work 50 hours a week, or or go there. I said, oh, you know, I'll give that a shot. And and I did okay with the creative end of it, but when it started getting into the, um, the science end of it, the math, uh, accounting, and all this kind of stuff, I was just like, man, suck this. You know? <laughs> and, but the deal was they keep me up as long as I'm in school. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I met Joe. I met him at a professionals show. You know, oh, who the one of Neil's favorites. The professionals, the, yeah, Steve Jones, Paul Cook. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. They played the milestone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And Joe was working at the milestone. And when I met him, and I, was, and I was just like, you know, like I had a band when I lived in my small town of New London, North Carolina, but it was just, you know, we never played a proper show. I mean, we just kind of did what young guys do playing in the basement, playing the basement. Yeah. And have fun, get drunk. Yeah. But you know, I'm just like, I come to town and, and I'm usually uh, still, and even back then more so I'm, I'm a pretty shy guy. I'm not the one going around being loud and, Everybody look at me, look at me, look at me, you know, and I, but, but something happened in Charlotte where I decided I wanted to be the look at me, look at me, look at me guy, because I, I guess I was seeing the bands from there and I'm just going, you know what I've got in my mind, I think I can do this better. Hmm. And I just needed to find the people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea how to, how to do the mechanics of it. So it's 1983 now, uh, 
And when you say green, man, you can't get no greener than us. You know, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Matter of fact, when we first started out, we had a drummer, we had two guitars, and we figured, hey, we'll just turn one guitar real bassy and one guitar real high. So we wouldn't even have to get a bass player. Fuck that, you know? And 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 our only justification of that was well the the uh, cramps have two guitars. I was gonna say I was gonna say that man. I was gonna say exactly you the know? same thing. It worked for the cramps. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was our mindset. Look, <laughs> cramps do it. We'll do it too. Yeah. And uh, but <clears throat> as time went on, you know, we uh, we started kind of honing in on what we wanted to do. And by October of 1983, we had our name, we had our goal. And we had our band. And we talked such a big game, and that's where the wrestling comes in, man. I'm telling you, wrestling taught me how to be a showman. There you go. I was going to say that, and, yeah. And, yeah. And even though even though punk rock was supposed to be, oh, yeah, we're one with the crowd, we were still showmen, even back then, you know. And, um, and we decided we talked such a big game that this guy putting on this big punk rock festival said, "Man, Anti Scene has to headline the big punk festival." <laughs> and inside we're going, "Oh shit!" But outside we're going, "Fuck yeah, we need to headline it. <laughs> Who else is going to headline it?" You know, <laughs> look, at, look at Jim Cornette over here. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so when where so, where was that? It was in Boone, North Carolina. It was October first, nineteen eighty three. And here's a very interesting thing about that date. Um, the drinking age in North Carolina that night at midnight went from 18 to 21. Oh, I remember that. So, Vaguely. so you don't think there were some drunk ass punks running around <laughs> at this damn show? Good gosh. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, um, we, we, we did a lot of things that became kind of, uh, the standard for us at this first show joe threw his guitar down we knocked the amps over we jumped off the stage i raked the microphone across my head till i started bleeding and by then I, you know at this point i'm bald-headed and uh because i shaved my head completely bald and i said okay i'm never gonna cut my hair again hmm. that's what happens when you, you see know, rollins and right you see young henry huh? rollins you just go home and shave your head yeah yeah i mean because look we'd seen henry rollins crucial truth and all these groups like that, you know, and I'm just like, and, you know, and it wasn't even like an English skin. Like, I, I get credit. Oh, you were the first skinhead in Charlotte. No, I was the first bald guy in Charlotte. Yeah, you that go. played punk yeah. rock. So, but, uh, you know, I, later I got into that whole stuff, but I, I didn't understand. I mean, uh, I know people like to talk about, oh, yeah, I was into this. And I, and I was, but I'm telling you right now that in 83 and 84, man, I didn't understand a bunch of where it was coming from. Because I'm still a small town guy, but I'm in a big city. It's Charlotte. It's not the biggest city in the world, but it may as well be New York City to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, so that's how it got started. Is that even what you asked me? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's absolutely what I asked you. Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing was, so were there were there other kids doing what you were doing? I mean, there was a scene there in Charlotte in 1980. Yeah, really, a little bit. There was, okay. but but. But I think we kind of started it as far as that group. And I see, um, maybe we don't want to be doing a little bit of uh, a, a, a little bit of self promotion of my record label. But no, I have put out a record. I, I put out a record on Long Haired Weirdo Records. That's me, by the way, <laughs> uh, by a man named Scott Savage. And um, Scott Savage was in a band 
in Charlotte called the Streets. Now, they were much older than us. But Scott kind of took us under his wing because he saw something in us that he liked. Not that he sat around tapping his feet in our tunes, because I'm sure to him it sounded like a plane crashed into a building. But <laughs> he, he liked our attitude. He he, record, he took us in and recorded us the first time we were ever recorded. Hmm. He was there when we recorded our first record. Kind of being our, uh, you know, our our guy, telling us our producer, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, um, and so I, you know, I, I returned the favor um, by putting out some of his, like he had a record, his his debut record came out in '78, and I and I have reissued it, and uh, but like there were those kind of groups, and I, I don't know if they considered themselves punk or if they considered themselves new wave. I didn't even know about a scene. I just knew that we met this guy because he worked in a record store, mm-hmm. and we became lifelong friends, you know, and he was a, a bit of a mentor to me, and, you know, he was giving me advice not only in music, but in being in small town and living in a big city, because I'm telling you, man, we're still green, you know, and I don't know what the hell's going on, and uh, he was hipping us to what, you know, things we should look out for, things we should do, things we should not do. It was all like this, you know, and uh, and so we had a little bit of guidance. Even even at an early age, it seems like the writers in the entertainment papers and even the Charlotte Observer, biggest newspaper in in the Carolinas, took a liking to us. Like we kind of became press darlings early, and it hmm. stayed that way until around ninety six, ninety eight. And uh, well, then then you became heels or something at that point. Yeah, then, then we turned heel. <laughs> you attack we one of the reporters or something with a baseball well, bat? It, it's interesting because those early, that early stuff was so <laughs> aggressive, and the guitars were so loud. Yeah, that it, it is kind of surprising that you that you got critical success from like a mainstream publication. Yeah, I mean, I like 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 they did an article. It was called "Low Budget Rock and Roll." You know, it was like following a band that is basically just playing for the the notoriety and the fun hmm. and Everybody. it was in the article you know that like they sent a reporter to three different shows they traveled with us they sent photographers hmm. and wow. you know and they did a big article and there was a big picture of us and everything you know and we're just like wow and i don't even know how that came about you know it just kind of did well as well because you were very promoting, organic you were promoting yourself so much they probably thought you were bigger than, oh, you, than you were <laughs> yeah and 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 we would I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, we even though we were green, we we did know, we did learn early on that no one is going to toot your horn for you. So you better learn to play that damn horn. True enough, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so we got pretty damn good at playing that horn. So you were, you, are, are you working at this point, or are you are you uh, still going to college and stuff? Oh man, you know what? As soon as the first two anti scene shows. Uh, I had to sit down and have a talk with, with the parents. All right, look here. Um, <laughs> school ain't going to work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, well, uh, paying for it ain't going to work out either. So you better get a job, Hoss. You know, so I worked at convenience stores. I worked at UPS. I worked at uh, – my longest job was a third shift employee at the – the city's most notorious adult bookstore. There you go. <laughs> which I could write a book just on that job alone. And, uh, uh, you know, so then, you know, you had to get roommates and, uh, and all, you know, so, you yeah, know, yeah. 
band members. We start living together, and you know the typical stuff that happens to kids that make dumb decisions. Yeah, and well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, yeah, it was as far as you know. I should have gone. To, I should have finished school and got learned how to do something, but. <laughs> But every, everything I want to learn how to do would be obsolete by now, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll tell you what. Let's let's stick a song in, Neil. Let's do uh, this one is actually requested by our pal Matt, who's working on putting out the, the anti scene record. See, I say anti scene because I'm Midwestern. I mean to see anti. Mm. You know, he says it like anti scene. I say it like anti. I don't know if it's a Southern versus Midwestern thing or what. But anyway. Well, people ask us all the time, is it anti or anti? And I say, it's whatever, it's how it comes out of your mouth is the way it is, man. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's very magnanimous of you. Yeah. Anti- I'll tell See, you what. That's funny. I would say anti scene, but I would say anti flag. That's interesting. Okay. Mm. Don't know why that would be, but anyway. Well, I may be saying it wrong. Ah, whatever. Which song are we but, doing? Let's do the so you early on, pretty early on, you covered a I've aged 20 years and five. Is that George Jones? Yeah, that was a George Jones song off uh, the album he had. Um, uh, I am what I am. Is that what it is? It's the one that had uh, he stopped loving her today on it. Ah, I got you. I don't think any of our listeners will know that anyway. So I think it's probably probably not. Well, it's interesting. (laughs) It's interesting though. Right off the bat, you weren't maybe not right off the bat, but pretty early on, you were willing to sort of embrace country music. You embraced sort of. You know, southern music, and uh, it's it's sort of a, so so. What possessed you to do this song? You just thought it would work it work pretty well with a kind of a jammed up punk style. Yeah, I mean, it's like I listened to the lyrics, and uh, you know, so I guess we covered it. I guess we covered it in '92, and it okay. came out on Eat More Possum in '93. Yep. And you know, by this time, the band is is ten years old, and and the band had taken a lot, taken a big toll on me and i feel like i did age 20 years ago so i was like then this song must have been written written for me you know and so I, I picked it out on the guitar and did it and i gave it anti-sing way and i taught it to the guys and it, it's it's one we still play to this day okay right, well, let's, let's let's spin it dj yeah let's give that a listen okay anti-scene i've aged 20 years and five Thank you. 
first romance I've seen there tonight. Uh, I've aged 20 years and five. So if we could jump ahead a few years, if you don't mind. So you, you're doing your thing. You make a few records. How do you – and I know you're probably sick of talking about this, and I won't – I'll try not to belabor it too much. But how did you guys become acquainted with uh, Gigi Allen, who was from – New Hampshire originally, right? He was an East Coast guy. Okay, yeah, man. I can tell you exactly how that happened. We saw an article about him in Maximum Rock and Roll. Oh, is that right? Oh, no kidding. And we're reading it, and, you know, and I, I don't know if it's if it, if it was someone there that did an interview with him or if it was one in uh, famous – he interviewed himself and sent it in. I, I don't know how ah, it worked. But, yeah, Maximum you know, Rock and Roll was pretty open back in those days, wasn't it? <laughs> right. But, you know, he's talking shit. I'm the greatest man. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of anybody. Body, and we're just like, hmm. It sounds like he. <laughs> it sounds like he's he's trying to uh, build a house in our neighborhood. We need to get to know him, you know. And and so we did. And and Joe says, man, uh, like I don't know if you guys remember, but Gigi would put his phone number in everything. He, he, he had an answer machine. He put his damn phone number in every ad he took out. Maximum Rock. I remember there was an address always, right? I think it might have been his brother's address, but it seemed like everything always had an, an actual address on it. But Yeah, it, it was a P.O. box in Hookset, New Hampshire. Yep. And one day, Joe called him up and said, Hey, Gigi Allen. He goes, This is Joe Young of Anti-Scene in Charlotte, North Carolina. Won't you bring you, your bad attitude, and your one-inch dick down here and do a show if you're so fucking bad? Ah. <laughs> oh, there you go. So about two days later... About three in the morning, phone rings and answering machine gets it. Fuck you! Ah, I'll come down there. I'll fuck everybody. Ah. We're like, all right. So, uh, what date is good for you? <laughs> all professional. <laughs> and uh, and man, as soon as we met, man, we hit it off so good. Like. I know you're thinking, oh well, oh you're getting touch, you get, you get off good with a guy that does this, that, and that. But um, if if anyone is being honest when they talk about Gigi and knew him, certain people are in love with the persona, and certain people were really in in love with the guy. Hmm. And man, when he was down here hanging with us, he was one of the guys, and you didn't think of all that other. Was, he, never, was he, he never even thought about it. So he was able to turn it off and on. I mean, he was different with you guys, or you just got used to it? Yeah, he was. He, he, he was different. No, More like man, a he didn't dude. come down. He, he, it's like he didn't come down here and we pull one a, pull a fucking string and he just starts swinging his arms and legs and shitting. <laughs> Take, and taking a shit. Yeah. Breaking stuff. <laughs> Throwing shit at people, yeah. <laughs> man, he was in the hospital the day my first daughter was born. Wow. There's a picture of him holding her in in the hospital kid. scrubs. So again, it, you know? it it is it is very much like the whole wrestling thing. Like they go into a persona and they come on yeah, and they yeah. do their like, thing, and then they the you know it's right? not the who they are. Character. You know. Well, I, I mean, I I have seen people push it with him, mm -hmm. and like I can sit back and go, "All right, this is not going to fare well." <laughs> and it because he will fight if he has to. <laughs> yeah, but but if you're cool to him and don't treat him like a freak. He wouldn't act like a freak. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, if you just want to sit around and talk about uh, Aerosmith and Night Train and, and all that kind of stuff and, and George Jones and stuff, he would do that. Mm. He, he could do that. Yeah, yeah. 
it, you know? it was funny. A year or two ago, a couple of years ago now, we had Joe Joe King, Joe Queer on, who played mm. with Gigi when he was very young. And he yeah. said something that I'd never heard anybody say before, and it still stuck with me. He said Gigi was a really talented guy. And I don't he think was. anybody thinks of as talented because his music was so abrasive at the end. But it's mm-hmm. it's it is interesting, you know. You I've read somewhere where you said you missed the guy. He was just you know he's a good guy. He was your friend. Mm-hmm. Didn't, and didn't. No, and uh, he like like the stuff he did with the jabbers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, and and you might not see this as talented, but but I do because he he pulled the wool over my eyes for years. Do you know what where the song "Don't Talk to Me" is? Do you know what that song is? Do I know what it is? I know the song. It's a great yeah. song. I, you know the song? I I, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, one day, one day, go put on "Guns on the Roof" by the Clash and mm-hmm. start singing "Don't Talk to Me." That's ah, true. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, he he was dead before I figured that out. <laughs> so, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so the downside you know, of doing the Gigi thing is that a lot of people say, oh, Annie was a Gigi backup band. They didn't realize that you'd been a band for almost a decade before you did that. Before we did that. And, you know, that like like the the association with Gigi was a blip on the on the radar that is yeah. our career. One but, album, Neil, of a discography. I don't know if you visit the discogs for anti-scene. I did. It's massive. Man. 100. It's massive. This this record that's coming out is their 109th release, and that doesn't count compilations. That's amazing. No, like, that, they don't count the comps or the reissues and you yeah. know all that kind of stuff. It's uh, insane. You're a you're a fun band to collect, but you're also a frustrating band to collect. Yeah. Because yeah, man. People so people stuff. say, hey, man, uh, how many of that? I'm just like, man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you do you, do you do you own all your own records? I mean, are you a record collector, or are you not? Man, I for years I tried to keep at least five of everything we did. But I gave my oldest daughter a full discography. I gave my my oldest uh, stepson. I gave him a full discography. Uh, people come up, man. You know, I bought every record you have. I just can't find that one German single. You know, I hear, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm not listening to it. You know that kind of. There, there's a couple I do not have. Believe it or not. Hmm. That's funny. But I'll tell you what, Neil. Let's stick another song in because we went so long with that first segment. All right. Let's do uh, one of my personal favorite Annie Scene songs. My God can beat up your God. What was the inspiration mm. for this one, Jeff? Well, that's a cover. Is it? It is I, a okay, cover. See, I didn't realize that. It's a cover by a Miami band called Broken Talent. Hmm. And, right, and then, as it would happen, the guy that wrote the song is now our bass player, Malcolm Tent. He oh, was in Broken that... Talent. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. And, well, because and th- that song, that's another song. I mean, you recorded that how long ago? That was in the 90s, right? Or maybe 92. early 2000s? 91. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You know the yeah. song? Probably not, but let's spin it anyway. My guy can beat a beer guy. What album is this from, Jeff? Southern Hostility. Southern Hostility. There we go. But I think it debuted on an Australian 7-inch, a, a live version. Australian 7-inch. That sounds, Yikes. That sounds pretty difficult to find right there. Is that even on the list of 109? <laughs> Maybe it's like 200. Yeah, yeah right. that, that's like, uh, that, that was on that label Dog Meat from Australia. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know what number it was in their discography, but it was early. Huh. 
All right, let's, All right, let's, let's, let's listen to this one. That my God yes, can beat a beer God. My God can beat a beer God. There you go. Yeah, spin it. scene with my god can beat up your god there you go so so jumping around a little bit you guys have uh i saw you guys play with sloppy seconds at reggie's in chicago how Mm. far how far back i mean and obviously i think this this is a match made in this new record coming out is kind of a match made in uh punk rock heaven two of the most uh most sort of dynamic front men who are also sort of shy in real life being matched up for a uh, for seven inch. So how long have you guys how long have you guys known the uh, the boys from Slobbyville? Well, the first time we played with them uh, was over in Germany at a big festival, and you know we uh, being the only two Yanks on the bill, man. We we and of course we knew of each other. We we had never met, but we knew of each other, and we knew each other's history a little bit, and we we got along real well. And and the I I have always found that. Uh, when you find someone that does kind of come from a different angle than what you're doing at it, it usually tends to make a really good show. And we've played with them several times. Like one time they open for us, one time we open for them. You know, it doesn't matter what happens, but uh, it, it when when you put us and Sloppy Seconds together, man, people come out and they have a good time. I, I, I went on stage with them in Atlanta one time and did uh, – uh, can't stand rock and roll by the anti nowhere league. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. So yeah, I knew you because I know you guys played. Like I said, I saw you guys play in Chicago. That might have been the last time you guys played together. That was quite a few years ago now. But mm-hmm. I, but I think you. I, I'm pretty confident you played one of the Sloppy Paloozas, which is like their festival they threw for a couple of years in Indianapolis. 
No, we we uh, we there was talk about it. I swear I saw you on the flyer, time, but it, well, but it never you. did happen. Okay, I saw you on the flyer. I guess the flyer lied to me. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to talk to them guys about that one day and find out, you know, what happened. I mean, I don't know why. If we were like, on the bill, surely we would have gone. It was like 25 years ago. Probably uh, nobody really <laughs> remembers exactly what yeah, would happen, right? Probably not. All right. <clears throat> T- tough question. Hmm. So, obviously, it was always you and Joe, man. And Joe's got that guitar sound that's just unmistakable he reminds me of like when i first learned to play guitar just jacked up the you know the distortion all the way and just Mm kind of cut through the mix but it had always been you and him you went through a bunch of rhythm sections over the years so in 2014 Mm -hmm. when he died was there Mm -hmm. a moment when you said man i i don't know that i should do this anymore or can do this anymore or was that were you always kind of thinking this was something that was bigger than you guys individually we had talked about it uh we weren't really talking about so much uh, in the event, should one of us die? But he said, "Look, if something happens to me, man, like I, you know, I, I lose a finger, I, uh, I have a stroke, or whatever, you know." He goes, "You know, we need there needs to be somebody to take my place." And I don't know that. And, and I said, "Well, what will you do if it's me?" And he said, like, I, "I don't know." He goes, "He goes, I doubt we'd try to replace you." And I was like, "Well," I said. I find it, I think it'd be pretty damn hard to replace you, you know, but, but he says, no, nah, man, he goes, uh, Russ Ward, he was our roadie. He was a friend. We'd known him for 30 years. He said, man, Russ understands what we're doing with this guitar. Uh, and, and you might think, oh, well, you think you're Jimmy Page or something? No, <laughs> it, it's just, uh, it, it's, our guitar is not made for a guitarist it's for a guitar stylist and it's a way uh everything has to do with the attack yeah. and how it fits in with this band not not how you're gonna do when you get up and jam with fog hat or with the uh the circle jerks it has to do with what you're gonna do in anti-scene and that's why Russ was a natural fit, and and he he was stuck with us for seven years, and um, he finally had enough. And at that point, usually when someone quits, uh, <clears throat> I get real inspired. Now I know most people would be ready to throw in the towel. You know, like, well, damn, you've had a lot of band members. You must have been inspired like hell. I was, man. Every time someone <laughs> drops out, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, so it was, so it was almost like a like, like a like a defiance, like a like yes, the, yes. Well, that's why we called one of the last few albums we did obstinate. Yeah, because we we're we, me and Joe we like we came up with that name for an album probably 15 years ago, and it just got used. I don't know, back in uh, about five years ago, four years ago, and um, that was your last point, right? Yeah, but we, uh, you know. Russ goes, and I was like, "All right, well, who was names? Who, who, who whose name popped up back when Joe died? When we were in done? Because I'll tell you what we were waiting for. We were waiting for Joe's brother, Jeff Barbecue Young. I was kind of waiting on his blessing to continue. Hmm. If he'd have said, 
I think if you just said no, man, I probably don't think it's you know, I don't think you should do. You know, I probably just went on with my own name. I think, you know, but he was just like, man, you can't, you can't stop, you can't stop this, you know. Well, and you, we always, like, like all, we always talk in wrestling type. Say, man, you can't let the death train stop. <laughs> you can't pull it into the station yet. Good gosh. Yeah, so it's like it's like the Four Horsemen getting all kinds of new members in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, first with Barry Windham, and then yeah, mm -hmm. some, some of the other guys that came. And, and, and and everyone has their favorite uh, group of Four Horsemen, but everyone likes the Four Horsemen. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. But so, uh, so you replaced your guitar player again, like so. He, you said he played with you for seven years, so you got a new guitar player this year then, or next or yeah, last year. Yeah, um, yeah, a guy named Walt Wheat from. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He plays in a band called Before I Hang. Okay. And and you know, a lot of things have to come into play when you play with anti-sing. Well, first of all, if you've got a certain guitar style that you're known for, you probably ain't gonna fit. You throw it out. Uh, second of all, you. I mean, you might think, well, damn, like you say, like a homeless person, a nutty homeless person, whatever. Well, you gotta have a certain a certain air about you. And you have to have a certain understanding of what we're doing. And Walt is a guy that we've known since probably 91, 92. <laughs> and even early on, we we knew he was one of the people that got it and could probably step in and do what needed to be done the way it needed to be done. And we were 100% right about that. So does he? Did he relocate, or is he uh, is he up there by you, or are you guys all spread out now? No, we're all spread out. Malcolm's in uh, Newtown, Connecticut. Um, wow, Walt, well, that's Walt is in yeah. Walt's in Harris, uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Barry's in Concord, North Carolina. I live here in Charlotte, and uh, I mean, we just got to where. Well, see. <sighs> Now this is going to be this is going to be uh, sort of speaking ill of the dead, but man, Joe had to practice all the time. Mm. You know what? We played Queen, Queen City Stomp for like three decades, but we got a show coming up. You got to practice it another ten <laughs> or fifteen times. <laughs> yeah, but see, now we're in a position where we learn stuff. You know, we we got members that learn stuff and it sticks, and we get together and we warm up. And then we went out and did three shows just this past week. And by that third one, man, it's like we've been playing, like that lineup and been playing together for 10 years. Hmm. You basically practice one day and then you hit the road for a couple of days. And We practice for two days. Well, actually, they practice three. I, I usually skip one there and let know. them just practice the stuff without vocals. And, well, uh, the the thing with the thing with the guitar, and and we'll play a song here in a minute to, that kind of shows that. Because the thing with the guitar is, Joe undoubtedly had a style, and it was sort of one of those. It was almost the opposite of flashy. You're right. You almost had to kind of swallow as a guitar player. You almost had to kind of swallow your pride to play that style. Right? There's very little solos. The distortion is just cranked up so much, and it mm -hmm. is it's almost more like a weapon than an instrument. Mm -hmm. Um. And I'm sure it, it it so you know somebody flash you know Joe Satriani is not going to be the guitar player for any scene. It's just not going to work. <laughs> no, out. no. Hey man, you know he'll say, uh, "How about um, on up all night?" I put in this. We go. How about no? 
Um, you know, don't go. <laughs> well, let's let's. I'll tell you what. Let's play the song that's going to be on this new single, and then we'll come back and talk about the new single for a minute. But mm. so this is post Joe. So this is Mad Brother Ward playing guitar on this. This is uh, right. Yeah. This is um, mm-hmm. uh, Fight Like Apes. Yep. And he he definitely nails the sound. So anyway, let's let's check this out. This is going to be on. There's no A side B side on this thing. It's just a two sided. Two-sided record, sloppy seconds on one side, anti-scene on the other. This is, uh, yeah, fight like apes. Well, so, well, hold on a second. Let's find out what it's about first. So, well, obviously, it'd be a pl- Planet I'm of the Apes. Pretty right? sure it's about fighting like apes, Neil. Planet but, of yeah, the we Apes, can ask. right? Man, you know, like I like, I like early punk rock. I like wrestling, and man, I love Planet of the Apes. So, and if you nice. have our record, you'll figure that out. This so, song, Neil. <laughs> this song, literally, the way it pounds, it feels like you're getting punched by an ape while you listen to it it's just got such a pounding like aggressive vibe so so i have to yeah, ask, the, so i have to ask this then so what did you think of the re planet of the uh planet of the apes remake from like what 10 mm. years ago now or do you prefer the 70s ones I, I assume the 70s ones i have to imagine i prefer the 70s ones i even like the tv series i was gonna I ask you like about the tv first. series i love the tv series hmm. yeah i thought the tv series was great man yeah Aldo was I mean, especially if you're a kid, and it's like, and it's like, uh, you know, it's wall to wall apes. You didn't yep. have to wait, you know. And um, I didn't like Tim Burton's, but I did like those three that came out. You know, the CGI. Uh, I enjoyed them. I, I just kind of had to get in that mindset of, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just enjoy this for what it is. I'm not gonna compare it to the old ones. Hey, is Roddy McDowell still alive? The old ones. The old ones got kind huh? of bad towards the end too, though, right? I mean, the first couple were good, but the, after the multiple uh, sequels, definitely dropped off. Beneath the Planet of the Apes, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they were well, they were interesting, interesting stuff. But I hey, guess is Roddy McDowell still alive? That's a good question. No, he died. Oh, he did. Oh, huh. yeah, he did. Oh, man, almost um, only like of the main characters, man. I think only uh, the human astronaut. From the TV series, are still alive. Interesting. Huh. Well, that was a long time. I mean, that was pushing fifty years ago now, right? Or Holy the first shit! <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> well, the first play of the Apes is the sixties, actually. I think so. Neil, it's yeah, more than sixty-eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what. All right. So anyway, fight like apes, Neil. Let's let's listen to this uh, soothing little number. All right. Hmm.
Fight Like Apes there from uh, Anti-Scene on the new Split 7-inch. Yep. Split um, hits the fans volume, I think, 6. Yeah, on, on failure records and tapes. So, and it's a so picture disc, right? You didn't mention that. Picture disc. It's picture disc on yeah, both sides. Disc. It's a real beauty of a re- It's a real collectible, if I, if I must say so myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking people probably need to buy three of them so they can hang up both sides and then have one to listen to. You well, go. you're going to need five. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need five of them, one to keep and four to give away when people come begging you for a Yeah, a yeah, it's more likely going to happen. Too, so. Well, it, And Matt was telling us that uh, unlike the picture discs from the 70s, which sounded like shit, he said these ones, hmm. uh, they sound really good today. They Obviously, it's a different technology that they used in the it's 70s. The, so. It's the Pirates Press UV technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A Pirates to, Press to make that stuff sound really good. Yeah, to pimp our pals at Pirates Press. Yeah, absolutely. So it, I'm always fascinated by because so Matt Matt runs a little label. Matt's a good friend of ours. We we've we've been mm-hmm. out to visit him a couple times, and he's a, he's an awesome dude. I've never heard anybody who worked with him who regretted it. So, but he always I always feel like he gets amazing like classic bands to put out records for his label. So how does a Matt? How's a guy in Logansport, Indiana, convince? You know, long-running Southern punk band to put out a record on his label. Did he just call you up, or is it more complicated than that? No, man, it was. It's pretty simple, actually. I got a text from Steve Sloppy. Oh yeah, yeah. The drummer, Sloppy yep. Seconds. Yep. And he just says, "Hey, man. Uh, there's a guy we know, Failure Records. He wants to do a split seven-inch, a picture disc, with you guys and us." I'm like. Well, I mean, what's he want? Does he want something new? Does he want? He says, "No, man, can we get an old song?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well, this is easy." You know, it took a long time to get specs. Uh, like, what do you need? Where, you know, where do you where do you want the fight? You know, it, that took a little bit, but once it all sure. got together, man, it, it started rolling. It just, you know, and uh, I just, so far, Matt has done everything he said he was going to do. I just, you know, I just, I was just down in Texas seeing my pals in Sloppy Seconds, man. They're they're good dudes, friends of ours too. But did you did you have to commission the art, or did so? Did you? I mean, how how did you get the? You had the song, you got it remixed or whatever. Did you did you guys handle the art, or did Matt handle that on his end? I took one of my 1973 Planet of the Apes comic books. Ah, I I. Scanned it at 600 DPI. I took a told, told a buddy of mine that does uh, Photoshop stuff. I drew out a little map. I wanted it to look like this. He did it. I sent it. Steve goes, uh, man, where did you get that heart? And I was like, I got it from an old magazine. He goes, we might have a problem with that it being Planet of the Apes. 
And I just said, man, tell him to call a cop. <laughs> yep. I said, I don't give a fuck. I said, what are they, what, are they going to come collect their damn, uh, you know, what? A few hundred dollars? We'll make it. be a thousand copies of it. I said, good, good. People ought to be happy to people even remember them damn comic books. So, you know. That's funny. Man, though. It sounds a little bit sounds a little bit familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like our sort of <laughs> modus operandi. It's like you know, you can come for our money, but there's no money. So it's it's yeah. Come it's, come it's, for the money. Come with your come with your lawyers. Bring me some of those uh, armed IRS agents. I don't give a fuck. Bring them all because you're going to leave empty-handed. Yeah. You're going to get earful, but you're going to leave empty-handed. There you go. Well, I I don't know that it'd ever be able to happen, but a split. If of course you, the record's coming out this week, I would say a split release show, but that would be fun. So, man, that, so, uh, I I said to Steve, I said, man, we need to share the stage again. He goes, man, if we can get our schedules to line up, because he'd love to do it. Like I told you, we played with them in Germany and Chicago and uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's always a good time, man. <laughs> I think we complement each other very well. So have you have you guys toured all over the world then, or is it uh, mainly? Yeah, we've mainly... been all over the world. You have okay. What are some of your favorite places yeah. to play? Japan. Yeah, everyone says really? that, man. Everyone says Japan. <laughs> Good gosh, man! <laughs> Why well, tell, tell us a bit more about that, or can you not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not only do I like uh, old punk rock stuff, wrestling, and Planet of the Apes, I also am a big kaiju fan. And everything Japanese. So, hmm. man, I'm just what, is, what is what is kaiju? Godzilla, Ultraman, Kamen oh, Rider. Oh, okay, I got you. I all got the you. big monsters, all the big giant monsters that stomp on cardboard cities. So, so as a, so <laughs> you guys are tour- going off in. It, what's the so as it, as it is right now? Is your modus operandi kind of you can do weekends? You can kind of. Do weekends out, or are you? I mean, will you guys ever jump in a van again? You think, or is that kind of probably behind you at this point? No, we got in a van this this past week. Did three shows. I mean, I think you're like, oh wow, three shows. Boy, you guys are burning it up. But no, 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 no. <laughs> but that's no, what, man, that's well. I mean, will you go out we, for two weeks? You go out for two weeks, or is this kind of what your new model? You kind of go out for weekends and no, man. We we uh, okay. I'll put it to you this way: we're not really interested in headline touring anymore no but no but but we've got um people that work for us and we're going to be signing with a new booking agent and we're we're interested in doing you know opening slots with people like we could ask quite a bit to to tour with i hate god oh, and yeah. um, new Orleans. Yep. yeah and, and we're going to start uh, doing some more stuff with the obsessed. We're gonna do, and, and the guy even talked about us about maybe pairing us with sheer terror, and you know stuff like that. that like that's what we're interested in now. See, man. That, we, that would be that would be headline. great. That would be amazing because both I hit God played in Grand Rapids, which is where's where I'm at. They played there on Halloween, and I just saw the obsessed like two months ago. I would love that if you. Because that might get you into some markets that you normally might not be able well, to get into. Uh, line, right? Well, back in 2018, we did uh, 10 shows with I Hate God and the Obsessed. It was us three every night. And, uh, man, that was a good time. That's a weird bill, though, because Obsessed is It is weird. Is it is weird, doomy. but it works. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can so see that happening. With a, with a discography as huge as yours, when you guys play out, how do you decide what songs you're going to play? Uh, is it well, a fist fight amongst the band members or what? 
Nah, man. Like, um, usually I just, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'll say to them, all right, so what do you guys want to do? Because, <laughs> right, you, yeah. you know, and, and, and luckily, the the new members we have not only are they you know they didn't just come in as uh, mechanics they they were fans of the band mm-hmm. so they have preferences and they have uh, things they want to do you know and uh, we, we always try to make it spread from the early stuff into like like this last trip we did we did one brand new one on an album that's not even out yet and the rest of it you know was a sprinkling of of all through the years, concentrating a lot on uh, here to ruin your groove and eat more possums. You know, this seems to be our our two fan favorites. You know that those eras. So that's cool. That's cool. There's nothing worse than going to see a band and they only want to do is play their new record and they don't. Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't play I, any I, of the old I, stuff. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't like that. Right. I understand putting out new records, but you know the audience will tell you what they want to hear. Eventually, especially now with social media. Yeah. Well, you don't have to good. go perform the whole damn thing live, you know? That's got to be really interesting for you then, because you started, obviously, in the days, 81, 82, 83, Maximum Rock and Roll, and it was all phone calls and uh, e- and re- regular mail. You know, you'd send snail mail mm-hmm. to the band in California, and then maybe in two weeks you'd get a, a demo cassette or something back. Yep. Uh, whereas yep. these days, everything is fucking instant. I mean, how do you like, do you prefer the old way, or do you like the new way? There was something, <laughs> man. I like stuff happening fast. Hmm. Okay. I'm not. I, when it comes to some things, I'm not a very patient person. But um, but I do like how things can be taken care of quickly now. But uh, at the same time, I think, and I don't know, most kids now uh, living on their phone probably go, man, what what. what you know what the hell is this old man talking about? But uh, there, there was just a, there was just a certain uh, charm to the mystique of everything. Exactly, man. Mystique, mystique's a good word because there was a mystique you, of that stuff back then. You were only given X amount of information, and there wasn't two hundred and fifty-five thousand uh, opinions about what you were interested in. Like if you if you looked at a review and touch and go. Well, that's all you had to go on. Right. And me, I used to take maximum rock and roll and and circle the ones that got bad reviews because I thought, these are probably the ones I'm going to like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, and I make a list. Uh, if I see something by, uh, you know, White Cross, I'm going to get it, you know. Send, like your, send your three bucks to get your seven inch and yeah. 75. Yeah, send my three bucks. 75% of the time would show up. Well, and, it's, and it's like you were saying about Gigi before. I mean, they used to have the bands used to put their addresses and shit in there, and you just write to them and yeah. ask for, you know, whatever it was, demo cassette or whatever, send them $2 yep. or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was different back in the day. It was, uh, it was more personal in a way. I don't know. There, were, there, there was a certain charm about it that people today will never, ever get to experience. Right. Yeah. And I, don't, and I'm, and I guess if they don't know what they're missing, they don't feel like they're missing anything at all, which I understand, but still. That's why, we, we, you know, we sort of, Neil and I have discussed that many times, and we've tried to kind of bridge that 
have some of the personal touch that we used to have in the old day. You know, we send people stickers. We do stuff like that. Because I remember being a kid, man, there was nothing better than getting some of the mail from a band or something, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Something something silly. You'd, so. send, you'd send them a well, stamp man, or something, and that was it, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I've got buttons and stickers and stickers from other bands and other labels and everything that I throw in everybody's stuff, you know? It's like, what good is this sticker? This stack of stickers doing me here, you know? I, whoever yeah. gave them to me, they want them stuck on something and having people see them. Well, I'm not gonna stick them on every damn thing I own, so I give them, you know, to everybody and yeah, uh, and pass them around. That's good. I've kind of been doing that too. I've accumulated too much junk, especially in the last couple of years when, when everything was kind of kind of shut down, you know. Yeah. All right. Neil, I picked this next song, and I don't know if this song means anything to. I really like the like turn of two thousands records, the Andy scenes like around two thousands records, and this is from that era. This is I pledge allegiance to the bomb. Now, is this an this is an original, right? Yes. What What was your state of mind when you were writing "I Pledge Allegiance to the Bomb"? Okay. Um. Well, it had eight references in it. Um, at the beginning, the the quote, when you hear the drums going boom, boom, that's supposed to be, you know, bombs. And uh, the quote is from uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes. And, uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure you guys figured it out. We're a little bit more, our subject matter leans a little bit more right of center than most. And sure. we, you're not. You're not politically correct. That's okay. That's why you're. No, arguing. we're not politically correct. Well, That's... actually, we are politically correct because the way we figure, the way we think, is correct. Yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> That's the same as us, but, man. That's the same as us. But, but we were, you know, this was, um, this was during, you know, where, uh, oh God, which war was it? I guess. Uh, I what the hell was like Iraq, right? Iraq. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And um. And, you know, we were just, you know, our attitude, man, sometimes our songwriting and our slogans and stuff, it's knee jerk. And I understand that, sure, but, yeah. uh, but, but, but we, we came from a, a different era of punk rock where you could say things mm-hmm. and you didn't have to mean it 100%. You know, it could be a knee jerk reaction. Oh, you know, let's just blow the damn place up. But it's just, how you feel at a moment. It's, it's not how you feel about all the time. Yeah, absolutely, right? Exactly, exactly, man. It, it was, it's like, how we felt at that moment. Like you, you read like Henry Rollins' books, and he's always like, "Man, I want to smash that woman's face or whatever." Now, Henry Rollins is not smashing a woman's face. But you imagine if that book came out today. Oh, you know, it's gosh, just, man. It's just, it's, just, and you know, you can feel a certain way if you don't, you, there's nothing wrong with feeling it if you don't react to it, you know, and I, I get that, man. Remember after 9-11, it's like, let's just turn the Middle East into a freaking glass parking lot. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was not a long-term solution, but we felt that way. And I think it was okay yeah, to we feel did. that way. We didn't do anything about it. You know, we didn't, I wasn't harassing, you know, Middle Easterners in the streets or anything. Dude, you know what I, you know what I heard today? I, this is fucking stupid, but it's, it's just kind of relevant to this, that uh, the Anti-Noah League. You know they can't play in the entire country of Wales. They've been banned from Wales because of that one song. Uh, the Joe Gay song? Yeah, the uh, the day the world turned gay. Because of that, they are banned from the fucking country. But you know we've all we've all said that. You know it's like all the band all had that song. Oh, what the heck was it called? Hetero or normal straight guy or whatever it was. And like oh, it's so misogynist. But it's like. You never were in a situation where you're like, oh, man, the whole world's turned gay. The world hasn't turned gay, and I have nothing against gay people, but I've certainly said 
similar to that. It's like, oh man, everything's gotten gay, right? You know, it's it's not, it has nothing to do with hatred or anything it's else. It's a fucking you know? it's joke. Just, People can't. It is a fucking joke anymore. Thing with that song, that any Nor League song that I have a problem with, it's just not a very good song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna yeah, have a you song, you can't bat him for that though, man. <laughs> if you're gonna have a song that's like politically incorrect, it's got to be like good, like a fear song or an anti scene song or something. But anyway, I'll try. It. Let's play this song and then. Uh, Maybe we'll come back and wrap it up and let Jeff go watch his his uh, grand his, his grandchild that's currently tearing up his home while he talks to us. Well, I gotta talk some wrestling with him. I gotta talk some wrestling. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll do yeah. some wrestling, and I do want to yeah. let's get into the political correctness thing just for a few more minutes when we come back. So let's all right, let's play. I pledge allegiance to the bomb. You know, this is from okay. is this voice from Brutalsville or is this Badwill Ambassadors? Badwill Ambassadors. Okay. So this is from the Badwill Ambassadors album. Neil, this is I pledge allegiance mm-hmm. to the bomb. Just to the 
Pledge allegiance to the bomb there from uh, from anti scene. You know we had we had uh, Blag from the Dwarves on. once again. Boy, I'm just name dropping all yeah, the cool guests. We, I, I just swear <laughs> I'm just name dropping all the cool guests we had. But we had Blag on, and this really struck a nerve with him. When I said, "Do you think you know not playing the game or being clear, politically correct has cost you over the years?" and he's like, "Absolutely, man. It's cost us money. It's cost us this. It's cost us that." Do you you feel like your lack of ability to play ball has been, I mean, hurt your career? Or do you think it's the opposite? Um, well, we just had a show canceled in Tampa the other day because of stuff, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with us. Uh, the, the people that were canceling the show said, Oh, it ain't got nothing to do with anti team. It's with this other band. We saw a picture of them playing in front of some kind of flag. And I'm just like, Oh, oh Jesus fucking. Well, like an American flag? Nah, it was a. It was a thing. <laughs> well, Confederate flag, I would imagine, right? The picture? No, it wasn't Confederate flag. There's, you can find a million pictures of us with Confederate flags. <laughs> sure. You know, but it was it was something a little bit more. Uh, what's the word we're looking for? Edgy. So it was pretty boneheaded. But, yeah, yeah, but you know, who knows when it was? You know, I mean, cause, uh, the thing they don't understand. No one seems to understand is uh, if if I I don't mind people having a past, man. It's the past. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what people don't understand is a lot of times when you get these young dudes that are into that kind of stuff, it's only because they're looking for something to belong to. And yeah. the smart ones will grow out of it, and they'll realize, you know, they will. And rather than trying to ruin their life at a young age, why don't you try to show them a different way? Why don't you show them a different point of view, you know? But, uh, you know, it comes up all the time. Well, we are, you guys are racist. Oh, no, we're not racist. Why? Just you know? because you're Southern? Because the rebel flag. We had that one image that was the uh, the Iron Eagle that the Third Reich used with the rebel oh, flag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, so and, did Motorhead. You know, 
no shit. Slayer. And, and you know, and it's like we stopped. We stopped using that. Well, not because we were felt no pressure. We just got bored with it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. But it's still dig it up. What, what about this? Oh, no, no. oh, you discovered our secret connection to restart the fourth Reich. Oh my God, you're so smart. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, man, we're a bunch of fucking nerds, man. We're like apes and wrestling and you know kung fu and shit like that. You know, it's like. I I wouldn't even associate with this. And, 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 man, anytime we go, hey, man, you want to play our festival? I go, is this associated with any kind of organizations? Because if it is, and, and you know, we're not just talking about bonehead stuff. I'm talking about what are you some, you know, uh, let's get rid of uh, of uh, fossil fuels and stuff like that. No, I ain't playing and, and, and furthering your cause. Man, we don't do your causes. We do our cause, you know. Right. And and um, and so I don't I don't want to be associated with groups. I don't want to be associated with organizations. But man, people still try to link us, and they, and they try to connect the dots. But I'm just like, do you think we could uh, work with even a fraction of the people that we work with? Do you think Tesco V would mess with us? Do you think Jerry A would do a record with us? Yeah. You know? Do you think uh, we would tour with I Hate God? Do you think uh, we toured with Fear? You know, but, I, but you know, it's like, funny, isn't it funny? Like, like Tesco, Tesco obviously is a is an act is a character kind of. He's another one, very mild mannered off stage, right? But he's a character on stage. Yeah. But he is a bleeding heart liberal politically. Mm-hmm. But he got shut down, essentially because he did those songs. You know, like the tooling for anus. Forty and some years of this. ago, he did them. Forty years. Well, ago. yeah, but the yeah. fact of the matter is, dude, nobody let this stuff go. It's like it's huh. it, it is. Jeff kind of alluded to it. It's become like the unpardonable sin to make a joke about certain groups of people or whatever. And listen, Tesco V has no problem with homosexuals. He doesn't. I know he doesn't. He's like I said, he's a very liberal guy. But I know Tesco pretty good. I know he's liberal. He knows I'm not. You know what? We're still friends. We still respect each other. I don't know when it got so bad where we couldn't be friends with. You know, people that don't believe exactly the same thing as us. Isn't it a terrible bore to only be friends with people that believe the same thing as you? And not only that, but if you only hang out with people who believe the same thing as you, you get this this political situation where we have now where nobody can even compromise because they only listen to people who are the same. as. It's just – it's gotten ugly, man. It's gotten real ugly. I think worse over and the last years. And, and the thing is, you know, if, if I was only hanging around with people that only believe the way I'm, I mean, I don't like them either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> well, it's 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 in it. You know, I, I, I you, you listen. The southern it's, thing is a lot of people jump to conclusions based just on the fact that you're southern, and that's not fair either. That's no more right. And than it's, I was going to say, and man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like I've, I've tried to explain to people uh, for years. Yeah, so we are not trying to reignite the civil war. When we used the the rebel flag, it meant rebel. It meant southern. Sure. We wanted to clearly let everybody know that we were not from California, we were not from Boston, we were not from D.C., we were not from Raleigh. We're from Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of NASCAR, the home of wrestling. We are Southern. We are from the South, and we don't hide that fact. We don't hide our accents. We don't hide you know, the fact that we all grew up in small towns. We're proud of all of it. We are not flying that going you know oh we think this group of people should be our slaves i don't want man my family never had none of any of that kind of shit 
You know, and it's like, even if they did, even if they were rich plantation owners in Savannah, it's, that ain't got nothing to do with me. I didn't yeah, do what's, nothing. What does our generation have to do with you know, you know you know right? even You know what's even funnier? In England, in the uh, early 80s, um, with the whole rockabilly revival that came out, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if you know any, any any of those rockabilly bands from back then, but bands like Matchbox and stuff like that, they were, um, they would use their elbow flag, and yeah. and, and the, like the guy at the back of his base painted like a rebel flag and stuff like that, and sometimes he'd even come oh, out in like guy, a guy. in like yeah. a Confederate uh, general's hat and stuff like that, and now these guys are like seventy years old and they're being banned and stuff because they did that, and it's like uh-huh. it was nothing to do with the actual. It was just being a rebel. That's all it was. It was rockabilly what? rebel. That's exactly I, what it was. I don't know when the punk rocker once again was is not allowed to be a provocateur. Right. Punk rockers are supposed to be provocateurs. Sid Vicious wore a swastika. He wasn't a Nazi. He was an idiot. He wasn't a Nazi, but he was a. It was a provocative symbol. You well, know, is, isn't it? Isn't it, it made isn't it you funny? pay attention? Isn't it funny that in the eighties it was like Nancy Reagan and stuff who was trying to censor things, whereas now it's the left wing that censors. Oh, it's both. It's, it's both. The... It's just different things. Both sides are just trying to. Ref- they're both trying to ban different things. But it's yeah, just, it's, but it's so weird. It's just yeah. It really. It's a. It's a strange. Strange, strange reality we're living in but it is you know i just and the, the younger generation and i always try to say this to my kids i said you guys gotta be careful that you don't value words more than actions because if you say the wrong words you're gonna get banned but i always say i know i say the wrong words sometimes but have you ever seen me treat anyone poorly mm-hmm. because that's they look different than me yeah, you know what i mean actions yep. men are defined by their actions and I oh. just think these kids sitting at their computers with their... That's deep, Tom. Oh, my gosh. You, you said <laughs> the wrong word for this group of people. Are like, I'm like, well, I know, but I, I treat them with the respect that they deserve. And human dignity, is that not worth something? I think we should play, that, we should play that song, Fuck All Y'all. I think that would sit perfectly here, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love that. It's such a great song. This is like a signature. This is one of their... This is one of Andy Scene's signature songs. Boy, we got way off track. Why don't we play that, and then we'll talk about wrestling. If, if you've right. got a, still got a few minutes, Jeff, and we'll we'll cleanse ourselves of all this politically correct yeah. nonsense. All right. All righty. Yeah, I got a little bit of time. All right, let's do that, Neil. Fuck let's, all y'all. This was on a couple of the early albums, so yeah, here we go. <laughs> You come around and try to impress us. But 
Seen there was all right. Fuck all y'all. Let's end on a high note. Let's talk a little bit about Neil. You can have a little bit of time to talk about wrestling, and then we'll let Jeff go and we'll uh, go about our go about our business. So, so Jeff, uh, you still watch wrestling today? Obviously, your favorite time was probably eighties, right? But you still watching wrestling today? Man, honestly, I do not watch it anymore. I, I I do keep up with it. I do like to know what's going on, and you know, I talk to people that. Watch it. I don't have the time that I used to have to what? watch it. But yeah, but the, the stuff I grew up on in the late seventies and most of the eighties, man, that's the stuff I love right there. You know. But I do. I did really love the uh, uh, the stuff that came from Japan, the hardcore mm-hmm. crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like that too. And uh, um, I, it, it's not that I don't like wrestling. I still like to go to see live wrestling whenever I can, whether it's independent or you know any of the big big leagues or whatever. But uh, I just don't have the time to sit and watch it anymore, man. I, I thought as I got older, I would be less busy, but that has not been the case. So were you a were you a um, NWA guy back in the day or WWF? Yes. In, in NWA, we 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 had the NWA here in here in Charlotte. Yeah. So I assume yep. it's uh, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. We had, we had... Ric Flair, the Horsemen. Blackjack Mulligan, you know, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones, Gary Hart, the Kabuki, Ivan Koloff, all that kind of stuff right there. So you were always a heel guy, you weren't a you weren't a face guy, huh? No, nah, I love the heels, man. Yeah, me too. Me too, going back going yeah. back going back to England in the uh in the mid seventies when I first started watching it with my dad. I was I was always going for the heels, man. And that was the same <laughs> when I came over here. And you know, when I first came over here, eighty three, eighty four ish uh yeah could, wwf was everywhere back then with hulk hogan and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah i used to love watching uh watching the nwa and w wcw on saturday after saturday afternoons right it was like five o'clock yeah. on saturday afternoon or something yep so so you don't follow like well, the, go ahead well i was gonna say being from england and you liking heels were you a fan of adrian street I was Adrian Street was great. Mick McManus was yep. one of my favorites. Um, yep. But even but I I tell you what though back then I did love the Dynamite Kid even though he was always a face. Um, I mm. loved watching Dynamite. You could tell from an early He's a great age. Great wrestler. Yeah, you yep. could tell from an early age he was going to be spectacular. Yep. And then he came over here and uh, yeah, it, that's legendary. Yep. You know. Yep. I've actually got his autograph somewhere. I've got a Tom Billington autograph. Yeah, he died not so long That's ago. Great. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know what's going on with this whole mess with like AEW, right? With the whole CM Punk yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you didn't you didn't get to watch any of that stuff though, huh? No, no. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I've never watched an episode of AEW. I haven't, and and I can tell you what the last pay per view was I ever got. It was when uh, uh, 
Shawn Michaels retired player. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, said, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, he, he was yeah. about to give him the sweet shin music, and he said, I'm sorry. Yeah. And he popped him, and then got the got the win. Yeah. Yeah. Because he retired. Yeah, in, he, reti- he retired just like the Rolling Stones retire, right? Because Flair actually had a match. <laughs> what, he, he had a match a couple months ago, yeah. I think, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'm still sitting there. I'm still sitting there on the couch when that happened, you know, all teared up. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's still real to me. So, Flair's got to be like 70 years old, right? Yeah, he's he's, he's up there. Man, that's yeah. amazing. Still thinks he can go, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, maybe he can. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, that's... not going to sit there and say someone can or someone can't. It's just that, you know, uh, I. Just like we were talking about with bands, and uh, yeah, and we we also brought it up with the Four Horsemen. You have your certain favorite periods. Mm-hmm. My favorite so, period just happened to be, you know, a while back. That's that's that might be actually be a, a good seg, Neil, to kind of wrap it up here. So, how is how long can you do this, Jeff? I mean, you you beat the piss out of yourself on stage. You, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been doing it so long. You're, I mean, you're already a lifer more or less. But I mean, how long can you do it? How long can can Andy Steen be a band? Oh man, I, I I mean I'll tell you right now, man. I think right this minute I'm could possibly be in the best shape I've been in in probably twenty years. Is that right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen I say I haven't seen you for a while physically. So yeah, I have a I have a wife who's a uh, she's a holistic health coach. But she never ever says to me, "Hey, you need to do." She's like, "When you're ready, you'll be ready." And I don't mind telling you this, but a few months back, we were out at my cousin's. They had a boat, and we took some pictures, you know. And I was sitting there on the boat. We got them pictures home, you know. We're looking at the phone, and I looked at it I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> something has got to change." Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, I hear no. I I said that. I'm ready. And plus, you know, walking around like Tim Conway's character on Carol Burnett, you know, like shuffling little old man and, <laughs> and, uh, and feet swelling up the size of a damn football. And she, I was just like, man, you know, I, I, so I don't want to drop dead like in the next year or so. And she's like, well, let's, let's fix it. And we did. And it was hard. It was very difficult. I thought that it alone was going to kill me, but now I can truly say I feel better than I have probably since I was in my, I don't know, late thirties. That's awesome, dude. So you heard and it so here first. As far as me Next physically, year. huh? I said you heard it here first. You're right. You're having your fortieth anniversary as a band next year, but you you think you can make it to fifty? I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it. 50th yeah, man. I, I, you know, people ask so. so you know, when's it going to be? Is it going to, you're going to end it at 40. You're going to, you're going to try to make the 50. Man, I, I, as long as we can go and I'm not sitting in a chair or propped up by something, we're going to do it. But when that happens, if, if I can't go out there and give it the way I think it needs to be given by me, by my standard, not no, not anyone else's, just by me, by mine, uh, if I can't achieve that, then that's when it'll be done. Hmm. There you go. You'll but know. if people still if, if people still want to hear us, man, we'll still give them something to hear. Well, I'll tell you what. It's about time that you get back up to the Midwest for a series of shows, at least like a weekend of shows. So I'm gonna well, get, man, I'm gonna get some top people on that. Next 
Next year is year 40, and we we intend to stay busy. That's good. So, yeah, I, I, I will get in touch with uh, with you guys and anyone else I'll know that would be able to make that happen. We'd be we'd be up for doing you know a string in the Midwest. It's been a long time since we've been there. Yeah, I think it's I think it'd be great if you guys get back to Chicago and some of these other. Some of these other. I love that club. Reggie's up there, man. Yeah, Reggie's, yeah, Reggie's great. good. Yeah, yeah. Reggie's is the best. Especially probably my favorite place in Chicago. Even though there's a few, quite a few good ones in Chicago. But anyway, listen, Jeff. We really appreciate you coming on and talk to us, man. It was, it was real nice to real nice to meet you. I've met you real briefly in passing, just kind of mm-hmm. you know shake hands after a show or something. But next time. I see you. I'm going to make a point of saying, hey, remember those two boneheads from the Midwest that you talked to on the podcast for like an <laughs> well, hour and a half? Hey, I, I always would. And, and I, I just want to say that I was introduced to you by Mark Rainey at TKO. Oh, is that right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he, he said, man, there's these guys that do this podcast called Punk Till I Die. Is that there? Punk Till yep. I Die? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Punk Till I Die. And he said, man, I just he, he sent me links. He said, just listen to these guys, you know? Just, and he just says, guys ranting and raving about stuff, right? Yeah, you know, listen to him ramble on about shit. And he's yeah, like, uh, but but he sent me the one where you guys reviewed uh, Live from Quarantine Two, and uh, I appreciate the the kind review. Thank you. I think you might have the wrong podcast, but that's okay. We'll no, that take. was y'all. Huh. Well, I'll tell you what, we've. Uh, Are you sure? Are you, now now do I have the wrong podcast? You might. <laughs> But you know what? You tell Mark. We'll take the compliment, though. We should have Mark. Mark should probably come on and talk to us too. Is he? A, is he a gabber? Yeah, man, he would love to be on. That's cool. We do it. We do do a lot of like uh, live, live kind of just basically what we'll do. We'll we'll go see a show or whatever, and then we'll just BS about it for like an hour and a half. You know, oh, okay. play some play some tunes. Well, I'm sorry I got that wrong. No, man. that's I, all right. I'm sure that that punk till I die. I thought I would would remember that. Unless it was something different that because it's 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 very possible, we've uh, we've made a nice network of people we've got to know over the years, including like the Pirates Press guy and all those other names mm-hmm. that I dropped I dropped earlier. I mean, we should drop some more names, Neil. Glenn Matlock. TV yeah, we Smith. had Glenn Matlock yeah. on. That's right. Yeah, so, Glenn Matlock on. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. Ah, proper wow. English gentleman. Yeah, right. we've had a we, yeah we've had a we've had a real good. Uh, it, it's well, especially during the COVID stuff. You had all these artists who really couldn't do anything. Like, oh, fine, we'll lower ourselves to talk to you guys. So it was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> do, you, do you have a play with the Digits well, back in the day, Jeff? The Digits from Seattle? No, from Illinois, from from Central Illinois. Who am I thinking of in Seattle? Gadgets, maybe. Were they the Seattle band? Gadgets. Uh, yeah, no worries. I don't know. No, but no, we, I don't think we ever did. Anyway, all right, we got well, off track. We're we should, sure. yeah, we, we should. I tell you what, we should pick a song to go out with. Uh, we played all the ones that you that you had picked already, but maybe we should have another one just to play out with. What do you think? What do you, What do you think, Jeff? What's a good one to What's a good one to uh, bid adieu to? Hmm. Man, I wish you hadn't asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> See, you got too many damn songs, dude. <laughs> well, Neil, there is a good wrestling. There's a wrestling themed kind of song that we could play called I'm the Babyface Killer. That's fine. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's hey, from now that one is from Boys from Brutalville, right? That <laughs> Am is I wrong Boys again? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So there we go. I was gonna say or backlash, because that's a great one about like the political correctness run amok. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. One of those two songs. We'll play one of those two. All right. All right. So um, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have your like, website or something? Oh, yeah, you yeah, got yeah. Merch I'm sorry. Yeah, we stink at promoting Oh, yeah, this. yeah, man. We got, uh, you know, antisync.com. We got a big cartel store. You can get two from antisync.com. I'll say anything I can put antisync on. <laughs> and um, I also, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on the antisync Facebook page, I do a podcast a video podcast called break on through where i just get on like it started during the shutdowns and i figured it was the only way i could keep um you know in contact with our audience yep and and people enjoyed it so so i just i keep doing it and uh uh our bass player malcolm kent does one on uh his facebook page called kent talks tunes where he talks about records Hmm. stuff we know about and uh I don't know, man. Just uh, that's great. No, that's good. And and records, thanks to failure records. Yep, failure records and tapes. Of course, you can go pre-order this. Actually, I think they're shipping. Actually, by the time this episode is out, because it takes it takes more than a week for an episode to come out. So yeah, they they will be shipping. I think uh, they will be shipping this Friday. So they will have shipped. Mm -hmm. So get on that. This is a limited press and it's a one-time shot. Looks awesome. Yeah. Yep. So thank you. And I but no, yeah. you guys have me on. No, thank yeah, you for coming so much, on. Man. It, was, it was a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, we love talking to the old school guys, the guys who were there at the beginning, yeah. or at least before we were. So anyway, hey, best, <laughs> best of luck me, to you. But, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> best of luck to you, man. I hope, you can, I hope we can uh, catch you up here in the Midwest. I, I'd like to see you one more time, you know, bash the microphone against your head until you bleed. Well, I'd love to do it for you. That sounds great, man. Hey, thanks so much, Jeff. So, Neil. Hey, man. So we will play, we'll play out with a any scene song i don't know a mystery any scene song yeah definitely and, uh, stay free everybody keep a little mark in your heart we'll smell you next time yeah bye bye everybody what's the matter baby place get your ass all over the place done your job a cigarette in a pipe when i pin your ass i had a handful of I'm a natural born cheater. I'm a square circle sinner. I'm a baby face killer. Try to the marks, try to the rep, try your marks, try your lips. Radio loser, stupid dope. When I made you cat, I had leverage on the road. Break the road, you stupid fool. Break the road, rule breaker crew. I'm a natural born cheater. I'm a square circle sinner. I'm a baby face
Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, <laughs> ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.